Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have a meta-famous guest. A meta-mate. A meta, <laughs> meta, meta mate. Yep. All right. A meta-buddy. Meta-friend. Meta-friend. There we go. I kind of like that. That could be a cool bumper sticker, by the way. We're officially <laughs> called a meta-mate if you're an employee of Meta. Are you really? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> but hey, everyone, I got the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Bob Lanham with me. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Bob, what's up? Dude, it is awesome to be here. I Very know. appreciative. It's Two so years surreal. in the making. Two years in the making. Just to like be in person with each other, but it doesn't feel like it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just kind of like, hey, Bob, what's up? And then we just talked last week. <laughs> like, and I mean, you've met, well, you've finally seen people you haven't seen for the past two years. And uh, that's exactly how it feels. It's almost like I, I was just talking with you yesterday or last week. Like, but now I've seen you in person. It's, I know I'm sure every guest has said this, but it's, it's been, it, that has truly been the best part of the show. hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree. Hey, for everybody out there that's watching and listening and maybe don't know kind of who you are and your background, I love kicking it off a little origin story. So, Bob, how did you get started in this crazy world we call the automotive industry? Yeah, I got lucky, man. I, I you know, I, I dated a girl, I'll be full disclosure, I dated a girl in college uh, whose parents owned a number of stores. They have since sold the stores to, to one of the dealer groups, like many, many have lately. Uh, but that, uh, when, when she graduated, she was a year younger, um, I sold cars at one of their stores in Florida. So um, I was really appreciative of them because they treated me like any other employee. So I was commission only. Um, uh, I, the only thing I got was I got to eat dinner at their really nice house on, on the Gulf. So, uh, but yeah, so I sold cars. And then when the digital era was coming out, mm-hmm. um, I moved over to the digital side because I wanted to be a part of the, the evolution of what digital was going to bring to our industry. And uh, I spoke, went, went to a company called CarPoint, which was MSN Autos. Then I went to Yahoo Autos. Uh, then I went to Hulu. So I kind of ventured out of auto-specific. Uh, and here I am at Facebook. I've been here seven years. And uh, I have the privilege to be the head of automotive retail, uh, focused solely on the dealer business. Awesome. Love it. I caught you again for saying Facebook, by the way. I did. Meta. <laughs> That's the second podcast I've caught you on. That's awesome. I love the fact I'll get that I there. Get I will that. get there. I will get there. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the show because, I mean, look, it's great to be back in person. Um, God, it's sensory overload. I mean, just so much going on. Um, but I'm seeing some cool things. And one of the things I've noticed, I'm curious to kind of get your take on it too, is I'm seeing more and more product and development, either systems or solutions, that are geared towards operations. Yeah like just bringing real operational value. What have some of the things you've seen at the show that kind of got you excited? Yeah, well, that's actually a great point because we've used the term frictionless for how long now, right? But we never really made it frictionless, right? Like we, in fact, we probably added friction to the process. And, you know, I I know we've all said this the past couple of years, but, you know, the pandemic did force us to, to move five years in, in eight months, right? Move ahead five years in eight months. And, uh, for me, you know, I had a really good conversation just this morning with a CMO of one of the largest dealer groups in the country. And this person was telling me a story on how they build an end-to-end platform. You can 100% buy a car online. And we know that's not 100% of the behavior right now. And it's probably a small percentage of buyers right now. But it probably will become a higher percentage over as years goes. And here's what the story was. 
He goes, you know, we wanted to track and follow the first couple of people that actually went from end to end. And um, they had they followed a woman who went from the research to purchasing to the to the vehicle being delivered. And the woman had such a great experience. And the husband came out with her when the truck was pulling up. Such a great experience. This is no joke. He was like, this is exactly what happened. They ended up on their phone as the car was being delivered. They were learning the features of the car on her phone, bought another one. And the same truck turned around, went and picked up the other car. And brought it back again i know that is unique at the moment that is rare but like that that is going to be this industry at 100%. some point i don't know when but well we're meeting the customer where they want to be met you know and and we're we're letting them kind of decide um how they want to purchase from us versus us selling that's, that's what i love right now what i see is is a lot of ways i can purchase a vehicle not necessarily be sold a vehicle right. and i mean i just bought two trucks I did the entire transaction outside of just picking it up and signing the paperwork via text message. Listen, it's it, it's been statistically proven. Yep. Okay, so this is statistically proven. I think in 1999 is when experience of buying the car has surpassed price of I the agree. car. And I think no one can debate uh, in the last two years that people aren't willing to pay a premium because they're automatically paying a premium. Yes. Right. Even MSRP is hypothetically a premium because we never used to we used to pay MSRP. Never. Right. And people are still doing it. I think the majority of people know what's going on in the auto industry, but they're still buying yes. cars at a premium. And the smart ones know that years down the road that there's, you know, uh, um, depreciation of the vehicle and it's not going to be sure. what they. So I guess I guess, you know, when it's been proven that people are going to pay a premium. Can we please just start focusing on our advertising and marketing, yes. on the experience, how to buy, the why to buy? Somebody just asked me just a second ago, you know, what was one of the biggest shifts that you saw when the pandemic hit and then the chip shortage? Mm -hmm. And, you know, did people, you know, did dealers cut spend? I said, yeah, there were definitely plenty of dealers that sure. cut spend. And look how much money we're making, the demand's still there. But then there were dealers that said, I'm going to double down on my experience. And one of the easiest messages We'll buy your buy your car without selling you a car. Exactly. It was pretty straightforward. You know what? I've seen that, and i got to be honest with you. So I hate the word trade-in. Yeah. Like, I, I fundamentally have a lot of issues with it. But there are times I get caught up on words, and it's sometimes I think, is it just me that I get caught up on words, or is there some actual, like, like purpose or, you know, reason I get caught up on them? You know, when I ask for a customer, because you look at websites, what do they ask for? They ask for trade-in information. It's a trade-in form. Right? And it's so weird. Like, why are you assuming I'm trading in my vehicle? I'm just simply curious. Now, I might go that direction and I may end up selling it to you, but I just really want to know what is the car worth? Prices are all over the place right now, right? We're hyperinflated used car prices. Like, one week, I mean, literally, the price can be different from one week to another, all right? Just, just give me the information on it. Stop asking me about trading. So, I've been working with this BDC great BDC and we started changing the language right between traded now on a lot of their leads all right they were capturing less than 20% of the customers trade-in information right they'd ask you know okay well you inquired about the so-and-so vehicle so what is your trade-in we changed it said tell me a little bit about your vehicle what are you currently driving they went from 20 to 80% collection Jason that's brilliant I actually never thought of that just a simple term because you're right I I, I actually might not want to buy a car from you but but I assume, I guess, I can only trade in my car and buy in a car because that's the term. It's literally the term. It's the that's term that's actually, being used I've at the dealership. Never thought of that. So it's a term that, to you. Yeah, it's a term to use at the dealership. It's the term that's used on the bloody website. Like 
It drives me bonkers. Well, and you know the <laughs> online used car uh, uh, sellers, they know that. Yes. And they went right at it. Yes, they exactly. went right at it. And they figured it out, right? <laughs> That's a great point. I never thought of that. <laughs> well, it's, but I think there are things like, especially like in, like we use the word experience. So, yeah. Okay, I'll give you, actually, let me let me go back. I'll give you another word because you'll get a kick out of this. Now, I've actually started seeing OEMs start to use this on a, on a more regular basis, but dealerships have yet to, right? In the past, we've always said pre-order your vehicle. Yep. Pre-order, right? When I went to go order my trucks, right, they're like, well, we're going to do a pre-order for you. I'm like, ah, you know, then I had one dealership say, well, we're going to do a reservation. Yeah, okay. What, what's that process? Well, you're going to give us $500 down, and we're going to reserve the vehicle, and then as things get close, we're going to talk about what you're going to build out. A little out. less committal, a little less anxiety, a little less commitment. Here's what it is. It actually took longer. Okay, so there was more time involved, okay, for me as the consumer, because now what it is, I reserved a vehicle, all right? Now I've actually gone and reserved another vehicle. I did an, an F-150 Lightning, right? Here's the kicker, though, is I, in my head, have already bought probably three to $5,000 worth of accessories. <laughs> And, and, and because I decided to I want to keep this vehicle for a long time, I am going to get the, the, extent, the warranty that actually does cover the batteries, replacement, and all the other stuff that goes along with it, right? But because it's, it's that time, so if I just went to the dealership and I spent that three hours and bought, and I was just, and I just want to get the hell out of here. I don't have that time to stew on it and make some of these decisions. So like these other two trucks I just bought, I got the running boards, I got the spray-in bed liner, I got the tonneau cover, because I had time to do a little research on it and go, yes, 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 I want that. Ask the dealer, can you add it? Yes. Curious why they didn't ask me in the first place, but. You know what I love about that? Because, you know, I get asked often, you know, the why buy plus the, the transactional advertising, how they work together, et cetera. And, and what, what, what you've essentially have done or what you're, you know, pushing your dealers to do is remove buyer's remorse because buyer's remorse is negative right and and they don't want to feel as if their second largest purchase was a negative experience exactly that's actually man two brilliant things in a row there we go Should we just end this yes you we're done it. thank you bye everyone no i'm just kidding we're gonna go more you know um. i do actually i love that because because buyer's remorse that, that's consumer behavior that's consumer that's consumer emotion well, it, it's emotion, but also just it's a language thing, yeah. right? I mean, think about this. We make reservations for all kinds of stuff. We make uh, we're gonna make dinner reservations later, right? Like, and it's cool. I did it on my phone. Went to Open Table, did it. Open Table is now giving me notifications. Okay, it's coming up. All right, did you want a window table or did you want? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I want a window table. <laughs> like, you know, it's going through that. That is an experience. 100%. Right? Like that's an experience. A lot of times, I or, I order something. What happens when you order something? You're done. Well, so have you taken any lifts or Ubers recently? So I, I've been taking lifts all over the the, the, the the strip, right, to get from place. And they've even upgraded their their app where it's like, well, what temperature do you yeah. want the vehicle when you get in? I was like, I'm not going to change that, but that's just really cool that they asked. I do just because I want to see it actually happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, but, but, but I love hmm. that. I want the passenger side to be a nice uh, warming 72 and then the driver's side to be a, a cool Well, so 65. I didn't change it. And when I got in the car twice... The first question the driver asked, is the temperature okay for you? See, isn't that awesome? That's awesome. And I run hot, so I'm like, turn that thing as low know, as I you can go, thing. baby. <laughs> as low as you can go. But I'm seeing a lot more solutions and technology that's get us to that place of more experience. Now, I have some, some fears um, in that because kind of as an industry, we have a tendency of wanting to hit the easy button. Right, so let me just find the path of least resistance right. so I can still check off the proverbial box that I hit a prop in experience. But it's not where the experience comes from. The experience comes from the little things and the processes 
And now we got to find the tech and the solutions that support those. Here's so same conversation with that CMO. We, we were chatting about the number of solutions that are out there, but then the mandates from the manufacturer. Oh man! Right. You so what do, what do we do with that? And and, and I do believe like we you know, well I don't have to worry about that, but I do <laughs> I believe I get to the, say the dealers <laughs> right the dealers. I think are challenged with that, right? Especially if you're a dealer group that owns a number of stores, you want to have your own branded experience. You don't want to have 32 different uh, experiences. So, you know, I, 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 there's going to be a number of solutions available, good, bad, and different. Um, I think that's actually, in my opinion, going to be one of the key, the key indicators is how is the OEM going to force or not force their solution versus what the dealer might want to have. Well, and I think what it is is that, I, I look, I'm all for an OEM creating kind of like a, a foundational minimum expectation, right? Like here is the minimal experience that, you know, you being a franchise dealer, we're expecting you to maintain, you know? But give the dealers the freedom and flexibility to go above and beyond that and create and cater their own. I have a question for you. Yes. I'm going to revert because you nailed two great points today. Two great points. All right, so here's my question to you. Because it was asked to me, and I had an opinion. I'll give okay. you my. I'll tell right. you my. Okay, so uh, you you own thirty five dealerships. You've recently bought thirty five dealerships, and all thirty five have different names. Yes. Right. Some might have a, a family last name on it. Some do not, etc. You're a brand guy, yep. right? You're clearly a brand guy. Do you put your brand? on every store or do you keep the brand that's currently on the on the on the store there like and it could be the family name sure. that, that you just bought do you, do you change the names to one brand or do you keep them the individual brands well, I think you do a brand audit all right because I'll tell you when I bought my Mitsubishi dealership one of the biggest mistakes I made was maintaining the name okay there I knew that it had a not so good reputation uh, yeah it had a m much worse reputation than I thought going into it. And it was one of the biggest mistakes. I should have called it Harris Mitsubishi yeah. and not or just anything. left or anything. I could have called With it anything. With the big under better. new ownership you know, sign out Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think you got to do a brand audit. Okay. But I think what's more important is you branding the process within the dealership than the actual dealership name itself. Okay. So I can have, I can have 34 different, 35 different names and I'm totally fine with that. All right, but I market a branded process at all locations. That's fair. I, I'm putting. I, I'm. I'm having one brand. Okay. I'm going one brand, and, and if possible, and I know not not you can't have your name on every building because there are some OEM re regulations. I want my name on the building, and not not for the ego side of it, so I can walk down, but for the side of it that people know who I am, and because my name is on the building, I'm willing to own it. No, I'm I, willing to own the whole I, I'm experience, with the good and the bad. Well, and that's why I think. Okay, so. Let's talk about a homepage real quick. I go to a homepage of a dealership's website. Um, you're a Toyota dealership. No shit. It says Toyota in your name. You got a big old monster sign outside. It says it all over the side of the building. You're a Toyota dealership. I think I got the hint, right? But we very, very few dealerships out there ever say um, not what we are, but you know who we are. All right. Like the brand doesn't define who you are right? It's not what you do, but the way you do it is actually your brand. Yeah, so like, like well, everybody knows what we do. We're a Toyota dealership. We sell cars, we service cars. All right. But why you do it the way you do it. Okay. Now that is you as a brand. 
And there are some dealerships out there that do have some brand equity and I can actually elevate that hometown brand equity, all right, with coming in and saying, okay, look, you guys have had an amazing experience with Harris GMC for the last 25 years and I'm not gonna mess with that. In fact, I'm just gonna elevate it. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come with a branded process. This is the experience you're gonna receive every single time now you come to the dealership. So I can't get into the, the specifics, but we're gonna be coming out with a dealer loyalty study that we've recently completed and we're still going through all of the data and that's a huge passion of mine. All right, sounds like another podcast that will be coming up. You, for sure. <laughs> and so there's there's an interest, there, the first stat that popped in the, in the first slide, I won't give you the, the, the actual stat yet, but it was the majority, okay? The majority of people want to buy a car from the dealership they bought it from. But, and they will go to them first. Yes. But when or if they have a bad experience, they're shopping. So to follow that, when asked, you know, what was the number one reason why you bought from that, from that dealership? You want to guess why? Service. Salesperson. Mm, see, oh, okay, there you go. I like that one. Experience. 100%. It goes to the experience. And there's one bloody page, one page out of thousands of pages on a dealership's website dedicated to what? The people. And not every, and it's not even updated for a lot of people. A lot Most of them, yeah. so here, here's There's something. no pictures. <laughs> so I got a I got a request through LinkedIn from a dealer. Um, he's like, hey, I want to run something by you. Can, can we jump on the phone? And um, I, I'll be brutally honest with you. I don't even remember who who it was <laughs> and, and where they were located. I would tell you, but I forget. And he goes, I want to show you my homepage of every dealership's website. And this, it's live. I would yeah. tell you who it was yeah. if yeah. I could remember yeah. it. And he's like, go to whatever you know whatever it is dot com, on the homepage. Yep. Guess what's front and center? People. The salespeople. There you go. See, that's actually what it the should be. The car is below like, the fold. I already know you're a Toyota dealership or whatever, Honda, whatever it is, right? But, uh, you know, it's funny. I love that. By the way, if you can't remember, please tell me because I want to reach out to them and have a podcast I will it. do that. Um, I will do that. <laughs> because, because the, way, the way I'm looking at it is like we call our industry a people business, but we allocate one single page to our people on... On the, on the place that thousands and thousands and thousands of customers go to determine if they're going to do business with us. I looked at this person. I was like, "This is absolutely brilliant." And he has, you know, so the people, how long they've been there, customer yeah. testimonials that they don't control, yeah. right? Like that's gets inputted. That's the review. And it wrote because the first question I asked was, "Please don't tell me you're selling placement of your own employees on the page." He's like, "No, no, it automatically rotates." Right, so everyone gets equal share. And I just said, that's brilliant. And when I read that stat, that the number one reason was the person, I was like, there you go. Well, it's a people business. people business, but we don't market like a people business. So, okay, so we gotta talk a little bit about marketing. So let's talk a little bit about that. How much money do you think actually gets allocated to a people business message? Very little, Right. very little. You know, a good friend in the business who was t always taught the car is the star. <laughs> and he'll even admit now, he's like, that's what I was taught. He's older, right? Of course, he's like, the car is no longer the star. No, not at all. The people. So I've a, I was at J.D. Power yep. yesterday. Uh, and, and next year, I advise everybody to go to it. It, was, yeah. it, it truly was uh, uh, one of the better sh uh, conferences I've been to in a long time because they brought forth really solid data. And they brought... They have this franchise assessment yes. where they measure brand loyalty at the dealer level. Yes. 
right? Because we forget, and, and the OEM probably knows this, but we forget that the, the dealership plays a huge role in brand retention. So they listed, and they had color schemes, you know, red really bad, green really good, and then two colors in the middle, and they listed all of the uh, all of the brands. And there was one particular brand, I'm not gonna name it because it doesn't matter, but there was one particular brand that had less than 50% brand retention. So I'm thinking about this, I'm like, all right, well, what does that mean? You know, okay, the OEM's losing, there's probably a lot of variables, I get that, I get that, but what does that mean for marketing? Yes. Right? We're marketing. I'm marketing, yes, right? I'm in marketing. So what does that mean for marketing? And I was going on stage right after this and I was to talk about a cookie-less world and the evolution of marketing in this non-measurable digital world, right? And, yeah. and I got on stage and I'm like, man, you know, like, how am I going to open this up, right? Mm -hmm. And this is exactly how I opened it up. I said, did anybody listen to that? And everybody raised their hand and was like, that's what we need to start driving our marketing strategies. Yes. That's what needs to drive our marketing messaging. That's what should be driving our market, not lead gen. Oh, man. And I, I said I that know. just to, you know, I said that to oh, kind of challenge your message. I wish look, I was in that room. Because <laughs> I said, look, I said, this was a major brand, a major yeah. OEM. So you know every single dealer had ample amount of leads. Yes. Leads is not a problem. Oh no, leads are definitely not a problem. Actually, most leads right now are just on sold units anyway. Plenty of leads. Yep. 50% retention rate. So is that the right success metric? Should we be looking at lead volume, lead close rate of the success? Plenty of leads. 50% retention. So I just opened that up because I, it, to me, that's where I think we can get stronger with our strategies on what we need to be looking at. Again, what should drive our strategy? What should drive our messaging? Yes. And then more importantly, what should be driving our success? And listen, I don't have the answer right now. This is evolution, but uh, dealership loyalty uh, and brand retention is still something that I well, think we need to look at as an industry. So let's dive a little bit into loyalty, right? Because we're both consumers, so we can actually yeah. kind of just from ourselves kind of say like, why are we loyal to certain brands? Yeah. You know, there, there's, okay, so I'll give you an example. The jeans I'm wearing right now. All right, this is a Lucky Brand jeans. Yep. All right, I've worn Lucky Brand jeans for 21 years. Yep. All right, I order the exact same thing. All right, it's the 410 athletic fit. <laughs> it's all right. Like, and then I know the exact same size. Now, unfortunately, the size has got a little bigger. I'm not going to lie. But you know the kind, <laughs> like, one know, more size just up. Just one more size yeah. up. I'm just sending the other one size up, right? All right, they have done an amazing job of, oh, I order from them. They send me emails, yep. all right? But their emails is not necessarily marketing. They treat me as a part of their community, yeah. right? And the messages I get from them, yes, I mean, look, it's been 21 years. Okay, a lot of the times I don't necessarily read them, right? But I do, I will open them up from time to time. And I'll tell you, very little of the messaging is around is, is around a sale, right? They're not like, buy two, get one free right that's now. Right, that's right, that's you know, right. That is not a part of it at all. Okay, it is just a constant, just kind of consistent reminder of like, hey, you're a part of our community and we appreciate you, all right? And this is what some of our other community members are doing. This is what this is what the business is doing. Be a part of the business story, right? Like, and I've watched this company evolve, all right, since I've started and I love the brand. You know, I'm loyal. You know, we'll just talk about email marketing real quick because uh, you easily could unsubscribe at any time, and you're still going to buy the jeans, by the way. Oh yeah, I will. Right, but you 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 keep the the you, you keep yourself on the mailing list. And you're like, I don't open up every email, right? The open rates might be, but guess what? You've read. Yes. The the subject line. Yes. 
That's at the oh, very that's least, the very least, the I always keep in touch just by, at least by the subject line, right? So I'll bring it. I'll bring that same concept to auto uh, to to buying cars. My my wife has had one, two, three, four, seven Chrysler minivans from the town and country <laughs> now to the Pacifica. Nice. Seven, yeah. okay, and I've bought all seven at the same dealership. Um, and we know what we want. We know what we like. You have the relationship. We have the relationship. Have the trust. In fact, uh, the, the salespeople have actually come and go, except for the sales manager. Yes. So I've always kept that, that, that relationship. So um, it, I'll tell you this. So on this concept and in, in, in part of this dealer, dealer loyalty study that we'll be launching, and this is going to sound self-serving. I totally get it. But of course, we're going to measure the impact of social media and our platforms for, for dealer loyalty. And... Um, I know I've said this, but more and more consumers are using social social media, not just our platform, but other to research what dealer they want to purchase from. Why? Because social media humanizes or unhumanizes the dealership. So we know that 39% of people that visit, don't follow, forget follow, doesn't mean anything, yep. that visit a social a Facebook profile of a dealer, we know that 39% of people visit the dealership's social media profile to get a sense of what that dealership is like. Why wouldn't they? Brand, brand, brand. Now, now, I like that, and I love the story, because your relationship is with the people. That's right. All right, I want the relationship to be with the experience. I don't disagree with you. Right? Well, so that, to your point, like I don't need an OEM post going on my, my so I don't need a 499 offer in fact put you, that you just hosted a dinner for your employees yeah right put uh, your experience on there that hey you could buy a car fully online you can buy it half online you can buy it zero online we'll give you all any option it's your way not our let way let me be a part of your you know what it is though is I find that as dealers because they represent a brand they assume that the community is the brand not the dealership and the experience that's right right and i think a lot of a lot of dealerships kind of they struggle i mean that's a hard thing it's not necessarily an easy thing to do all right is to define from a community perspective what does you know harris mitsubishi you know community mean all right and how do we keep everyone connected I have said that in rooms. I, I have asked for the dealers that are in a room, raise your hand if your last name's on the building. And you get about half the room, right? Yep. And I've said, okay, if you were in the grocery store and you heard across the aisle somebody talking about your store, what would they say about it? Mm-hmm. What do you think the conversation is, good or bad? Yeah. And most are like, right? And you're like, no, you, you, should, you, you want to be walking down and everyone knowing that you're Jason Harris of Harris Mitsubishi. That's what you should be striving for. Yeah. Not the fact that you just made, that you just created an experience that was not positive and they have buyer's remorse. They wish they wouldn't have bought the vehicle. They wish they wouldn't have bought it. Yeah. Now I'm curious, uh, so minivan number eight. Yeah. All right. Is this just a simple text message at this point? It, it start, well, it started with an email, to be honest with you, because it just- I need another one? I just, that, it literally was that. I need all the paper. Well, I, I clipped the VIN from the website. I knew exactly which one I wanted. Yep. I sent it to the, the, the GSM. I said, I want this. Uh, you know how I work. Yeah. Put it, put it on paper. Emails me back. N- not like, oh, it's a range. Literally emails me back to, exactly. to, to the penny, exactly what it is. Um, uh, all the paperwork was done. When I got there and I literally just walked in. Now, I still had to go in the box at the time. So I still went in the box. I had to finalize uh, the deal. But that's that. this is pre-COVID. So yep. that's still fair, pre-COVID. Yep. But 
Um, and I was in and out of there in less than an hour. We need to get rid of the box. We need to get rid. I totally agree. People are. I'm going to get some hate for saying that one. Okay, but, you asked. Uh, you <laughs> asked what 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 product uh, or what what company um, during the show show that I thought uh, you know I, I liked or or I can't remember exactly how you yeah. worded it was good, but uh, I won't name the company. In fairness to the other companies that might offer all of this, but I'm really intrigued to follow, mm-hmm. at the very least, the one point of contact strategy. Yes. And then more, more so maybe the one price, one point of contact. Sure, why not? And I know there's platforms out there that offer that one, one point of contact because to your point, that eliminates the box, that eliminates the tower, it eliminates everything. Everything can be done no, with one person. No one wants to be sold anything. All right. And, and, and on the car side of the business, I think for the most part, majority of the industry has adopted this model. Like yeah. I don't need to sell you something. I need to create a purchasing experience, not a selling experience. For some reason, though, we can't seem to adopt that to the F and I. So I was we have to sell them. We got to sell them a warranty. We got to sell right. them a service That's plan. Right. They're they're not a customer. They're a transaction, right? They're, they're so I was listening to a podcast, probably almost four years ago now. And I remember I was listening to it on my way to work, right? So that's how long ago it was, right? It was at least two and a half years, two, two plus years ago, and um, it was with a gentleman by the name of Todd Caputo of Sun um, Automotive up in Syracuse, New York area, and um, he's recently sold sold the Sonic, but. Um, the podcast was about changing from, um, you know, a non one point of contact yeah. to a single price one point of contact store, and he was just talking about the the, the transition and yeah. even the the grosses up and down here and there. But he made one comment that I thought was was fascinating, and he goes by going to one price one point of contact by removing the negotiation, mm-hmm. my talent pool of who I could hire just. Trust drastically change. He's like, I can now get millennials to come in and uh, work in our store where before yep. they wouldn't and because they didn't want to do that. They didn't want sales tactic training. They, they didn't want, want to manipulate They, they want to facilitate an experience, not sell a exactly product. Exactly right. And I just thought that was huge and, and it'll be interesting to see where the industry goes with, again, at least one point of content tact and maybe one price, one point of contact. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna hundred percent get there. I don't know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation because I see we're getting closer to our destination. Yep. All right, Bob. But yes, <laughs> yes, yes, we'll make yes. Um, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now, uh, we touch on a lot of topics here and I still think there's more to be discussed sure. in, in this conversation. Um, what's the best way to connect with you? LinkedIn. Yeah, please. You know, I, I, I say that um, simply because we're a very small team. Yes. We cover the entire industry. Yes. Um, I can't get to every message uh, uh, every time, but I do truly try to answer everybody that, that comes to me. But I use the, my, my LinkedIn profile as uh, to challenge the industry. <laughs> I use it to challenge the industry, but I also use it to update the industry on what we have going on from case studies to this and that. So that's one way. If you're if you're in the automotive industry, which I hopefully most of you are, um, we do have a Facebook group for the industry called the Facebook Automotive Collective. Um, please join. You can participate in the group. It truly is for the industry. And uh, I was asked by our good buddy Frank Lopes earlier today uh, about starting the group. He's like, what was the number one thing you, you, you love about the group? And I said, watching dealers help each other out. Yep. 
Like I love watching <laughs> and I don't have to jump in. Nobody has to jump in. It's like, oh no, no, you should do this. And sometimes you see like uh, agencies helping other agencies oh, out exactly. and dealer, competitive dealer. Oh no, no, you need to do this. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so cool. So those two, those two, LinkedIn is the best way to connect with me. Um, but that group is the best way to connect with the industry. Awesome. Hey, Bob, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been a blast. Appreciate you, man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.